Welcome to Beer and a Movie, the podcast where we discuss the two greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies. Sometimes achieving outstanding pairings, but other times giving ourselves the opportunity to wash the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. My name is Joe Hilliard, and I'm here every week with my good buddy, Dave Gurney. And we've got such a great third guest. He hasn't been here since all horror October. It's Josh Delio. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. Always fun to have Josh back in the mix. Um, you know, you, you brought us some great horror back in October with your with your selection of uh, Hush, right? That, yeah. That was Hush, Hush and Inside. And Inside. That's right. And yeah. I've suggested the Inside. The duo, yeah. I've suggested Inside to a few people, but it comes with a very oh, big yeah. caveat. Yeah. It's, yeah. That was, that, I, I remember. That was a The biggest one. discovery that I remember from that episode was that we figured it out as a Christmas movie. I never really thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yes. We're not here for Christmas movies this time. We should get some beer in our glasses, Joe. I know you brought us something fun here. I can tell by the label. Three Nations Brewing enters the Five Timers Club today. Ooh. Carrollton, Texas, Three Nations Brewing. This is their Sucker Punch, which is a series of beers, Berliner Weisses, that are flavored. This is the Goldberry Berliner Weiss. It comes in at a 4.5% alcohol, so we're starting a little lighter than we have the last couple of weeks. <laughs> but I've got a tie-in once we get into our movie. Okay. It smells like a pineapple soda, which is great and nostalgic. Yeah, it says it's going on the can. Yeah. It's going for a pineapple gummy candy flavor so that's you're picking up the pineapple right yeah. on the nose that's yeah. appropriate definitely the sweetness on the nose oh what is that aroma oh, that's what we're talking about that's that movie sucker punch <laughs> what no is, what is no. this aroma tricked me. i mean i think josh is right there's pineapple but there's also like a candy element there's something yeah. like because yeah. th- they're going for that gummy i don't know what that is in a gummy candy that has the odor of a gummy candy but <laughs> i'm getting some of that character in the smell right well, it says that it's gonna give you a puckering tartness so i guess we'll see if that's true or not yeah Now, does this week's first movie, one that we've talked about several times over the last few weeks, eager to see it, is it going to deliver a puckering tartness as well? (laughs) I think it kind of does with its tone. Well, we'll talk about its tone, actually. The the film we're talking about this week, folks, as Joe said, a film that we have been much anticipating. It's been... You know, trailers have been shown and there's been acting accolades coming at it, especially over the last couple months uh, as, as the year wrap ups and critics associations and all that are giving out their awards. Uh, the film we're talking about is an American is American fiction. It is the directorial feature debut from Cord Jefferson, who has had quite a career as a writer leading up to this, working on a bunch of different series uh, on on television over the years. But this is first foray into feature filmmaking, adapting the novel Erasure by Percival Everett, which I've never read mm-hmm. and I hadn't really heard about. I love the band from the 80s. Erasure. <laughs> no, not, not a biopic here. <laughs> but instead what we get is the story of an academic and writer, Thelonious Ellison. Everybody calls him Monk, Monk. kind of playing off yeah. his first name. Love that. Yeah, that uh, was awesome. Yeah, Jeffrey Wright playing this character who is a professor, and we see him being sort of chastised as the film begins for pushing back on his students and their sensitivities to certain racial topics in the classroom. We also learn very early on that he kind of struggles to break through to larger audiences with his writing. He's somebody who takes himself very seriously and doesn't want to be pigeonholed as a black voice and kind of resists that kind of label with his work. Uh, But doing that is costing him and he sees in the form of when he attends a literary festival... The attendance is his at his panel versus the attendance at the panel of uh, Issa Rae's character, Sintara Golden. 
who's written a novel that's much more characteristically quote unquote black that's using you know sort of black vernacular yeah. and, and and all this where you know she's reading a passage and we see the enthusiastic audience there and how uh, mostly white yeah. <laughs> mostly yeah. white yeah. Uh, literary <laughs> audience really lapping this up that and some other uh, life events that transpire his mother's failing health and a strange relationship with his brother and a strange relationship with his entire family but certainly mm-hmm. his brother and on top of that as he reconnects with his sister over his mother's health her untimely demise yeah. which sad to see like tracy ellis ross oh, i, I her. like her a I lot love tracy ellis and ross. so i was really excited going yeah. into this movie and you don't get much of her yeah. which is you know she's great for what she's in but it's only like two scenes with her before i've loved her since girlfriends is yeah. that was that the show was i think so yeah yeah. From the, yeah 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 blackish i mean yeah, she's amazing she's fantastic but a lot of great performances here with Wright as um you know monk sterling came brown yeah as he's his brother awesome in everything he's which in. is yeah. a really interesting character yeah. too like i i didn't know going into it that he was going to because he's a a man who has separated from his wife is pursuing now a gay lifestyle yeah. but like very brazenly yeah. hedonistic and at you know at odds with his family responsibilities yeah. here and so we we see um monk make this choice to write really a barbed satirical kind of version of a black novel yeah. as sort of a middle finger to the publishing industry really wanting yeah. his agent to put it out there so that he'll get those kind of like we get it you know you showed us but instead <laughs> the industry embraces it <laughs> yeah. he's given a huge advance even before this thing gets published a deal in the works for a film adaptation yeah. and before we know it he is a uh, on the precipice of major major success under the guise under a pseudonym that he's made up because he's written it as this sort of satirical takedown mm-hmm. of that he the, doesn't yeah. want the character that we find that we see him yeah. be he doesn't want that kind of success at all. Well, so like the mon- do you think it's that he doesn't want the success, he or doesn't he doesn't want it, want it at guy- the cost of giving up like this artistic integrity? That I think he's he's he written wanna, a book that yeah. is a satire that he doesn't want it to be one of his main books. Well, he doesn't want it to be his name, right? Yes, and and now it's so successful. Yeah, the very thing I'm satirizing is the my success, and I'm torn with that. Yeah, and you watch, I think him. Attempt to come to terms with it over and over again, and yeah. then his mother falls ill and needs to go into uh, assisted living, right. which ain't cheap. No, I'm whispering to my movie mate. Been there recently, yeah, I and mean, this is yeah. hard this stuff is reality, that he's going yeah. through. And then you know how it all. I guess we can talk about the ending at the ending because it my, it was the best exclamation point I think to the film. The ending yeah, that they did, so. yeah. yeah the, old, the the various takes of how it could go down. Well, it goes back to him saying saying something about the ambiguity of stories that don't really end. And we were just talking about this earlier today, not in reference with the movie, but (laughs) he referenced that like maybe three ways, Mm -hmm. three quarters into the movie. And then, so the ending, of course, having that feeling felt perfect. It's so much wrapped into one movie. Like there's satire, there's There's laugh out loud comedy, tragedy. I was crying so much. I I was just telling David today how much I cry at movies now. And he's probably half tired and half just like, (laughs) I mean, well, they're, the, the they're tragic, gut punching I mean, movies. Yeah, I cried yeah. at a movie that I watched uh, on streaming last night. Oh, so yeah. I'm writing oh, down yeah. crying at movies <laughs> for after hours. But, I mean, the, the, right out of the gate, like I was talking about, the abrupt death of yeah, the sister, sister. Yeah. is such a gut punch, a sucker punch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, seriously, it came to me. I should have probably been prepared for it in some sense because, okay, of course you need to have some real tragedy befall him that yeah. would actually make him do this thing to make that. But – 
I didn't see it coming that it was going to be her. And so I think partly because I like the performance yeah. that she was giving. I, I wanted to see that relationship yeah. between those yeah. two characters evolve. An early feeling yeah. of devastation in a film where I don't normally get upset that early. Yeah, I think it, it grabs you perfectly. And if you're a sibling, like to think about being detached from your family. Because he, he even says, like, it's not going to be a vacation. You think it is being with my family. Yeah. But then to see even though them. Even going to the beach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but to see them have that, like, warm, warm, warm relationship they were banter back and forth perfect chemistry and then for it to just happen like that it makes me think about like oh if you ever have anything with your siblings that you don't talk or anything like that like it's not worth it because they can literally be gone in an instant and yeah i felt like that's what that scene really yeah i cried like four times in this movie like and like kind of like hard where i was like oh my god like i gotta did you go alone Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, like, that makes it better. Yeah. <laughs> Just alone crying in the yeah, theaters. Yeah. Really, I mean, I think that's the thing. So you know, from the trailer going into it, I knew this was going to be a satire of the entertainment industry yeah. and how it deals with race and or to what extent it yeah. wants to deal with race or it allows race to be dealt with. So I knew that going into yeah. it. I was like, okay, this is hopefully going to be a sharp, and it is. It's a sharp satire yeah. well, can, of can I that. Put, can I push pause? You don't I, think I, it is? No, I wanted to say the same thing, but with a different result. The trailer is <laughs> playing up mostly the educated black man yeah. who is talking on the speakerphone while trying to sell this book. Right. And... Uh, Putting you know, on a character. Yeah. My pathology backspace back. We see the actual screen of his yeah, computer. Uh-huh. My path with an fology. Yeah. So he's going to eubonic guys. You know, if I yeah. hope I'm using the right words, uh, the way that he has seen this other author get yeah. really successful doing as yeah. a satire of her work. Yeah, and that kind of work. Right. The white guys, uh, the, the geeky white guys on the speakerphone. Yeah, we want you to wear one of those, you know, do rag. Oh no, but uh, <laughs> yeah, they, what, what, the way they explained it yeah. was hilarious. Yeah. yeah, one of those cloths over your head, do rag, and he's of course putting on like yeah. a rap yeah. persona. And I figured that the movie was going to be full tilt. That oh, so that was okay. my expectation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going well, no, into I, it. and and I guess that's kind of what I was saying is like you know there's going to be that element to it, and like yeah. you say, Joe, based on the trailer, your assumption might be that it's going to be that front to back it's going to be more like a cb4 or the poster also which that's what i i I was going in knowing it was going to be a takedown of dumbing down material for a black or maybe everybody audience so it's not exactly no because that's part of it it that's that's a big part of what it is but it's not the whole thing because also you have this really interesting family drama Mm -hmm. that's going on and a love story you have something yeah you have some incredible performances here we've already mentioned some of the names Leslie Uggams, like there, there are just some amazing performances here that you're getting to watch with this family that has Alzheimer's is, yeah. you know, what yeah. they're dealing with, with the mother. So they, they have her blunt sort of announcement to the, the son who's come out as gay, essentially that, you yeah. know, like she, she's kind of always suspected oh, that. Man, that it, was it, a crushing yeah, scene. Yeah. I mean, like there's, and these are just little yeah. moments. And that said, I think some films you could feel like, oh, it's packing too much in. Yeah. It never felt like it was overloaded to me. It felt very genuine in how it was telling it. So I was just shocked, I think, that it was as heartfelt a film Uh as it ultimately was. Because tone-wise, I thought going into it, oh, this is going to be some really ridiculous over-the-top satire. I thought it's going to be more like a CB4 or a Putney Swope or something like really Mm -hmm. kind of button-pushing. And it has moments of that that's certainly in there. But it's actually a much more like 
you know, human. fleshed out human story. Yeah. yeah. What did you guys think of, like, when he starts writing, you get yeah. this one scene. They, I thought they were maybe going to make this a device throughout the film, but they just really give you that yeah. one scene where you have Keith David show yeah. up as, yeah. like, one of the characters in that novel yeah. that he's writing, and he's sort of working through the scene with the characters. Did you guys like that? Oh, one? yeah, I, I love that. Me yeah. too. That I, was like kneeling into like surrealism a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. Like not. Did, not did to it not level. feel to you like? May, oh, is this maybe gonna? Is the film gonna become more this? Like, are we gonna have more scenes where he plays it out and he's? Yeah. And they, but they just kind of leave just it there. And I think it was successful for what it was. I don't know. It just it stood out to me as like, yeah. oh, interesting, bold move. For if they Jefferson, did it too much, I thought I thought it would have taken it away might from have, it. So like yeah. just that, and also the Moody's, and he's trying to put himself in that, yeah, in that fake. So I love that. I love that whole aspect of it because of like uh, the Oscars. And there's an article I read a couple years ago about how like uh, the Oscars, the Academy is just like they love to be white apologists. They love yeah. to like cry at these like movies about slaves and like I mean what he touched on in the in the movie, like talking about like that's exactly like he didn't want to be the stereotype or like play as a stereotype. So when he puts himself in that place, I felt like it was such a, he was giving away so much of, of his integrity in, in, in his art. Like, yeah. So like having that visual of it where he's like, it's like you see humanize the characters that he's making these stereotypes of yeah. his culture because the white audience who reads it just, they love it. Like, well, there's a great scene where he's standing in the back of the room while the author, the female author, yeah. I forgot her character's Issa name, Ray's character, is yeah. reading her thing. And, and she speaks Sintara. eloquently. Yeah. She's, you know, and uh, we'd love for you to read an excerpt from your mm. book. Mm-hmm. And then she mm-hmm. has to, and, yeah. and, and as you would, if you're reading a, a passage from your book, you'd have to go into character. Yeah. But the characters of every character in that book. It's just a stereotype. It's a, a stereo- um, There you go. Yeah, a stereotype. Yeah. Of, stereotype of poor, uneducated. There you go. Yeah. When she gets done reading, he's standing in the back of the room in the full yeah. frame. Yeah. And a white woman yeah. stands up yeah. to give her a standing ovation and blocks him yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I thought that there were, that was one of a dozen little touches in this yeah. film where the filmmaking language, forget yeah. the story for a moment, yeah. is really moving yeah. it along. The sucker punch for me <laughs> was how hilarious this movie is yeah it has laugh out loud funny scenes that are nothing along the lines of ricky bobby or anchorman it's not that kind of comedy it's so intelligent it's so so well it's juicy it's juicy in its own way like this wasn't a dry sober academic satire there are moments of that but there's some really fun and and the music for it kind of helps with that too like there is like a nice oh. I think, nice supervision of the music here in this yeah. in this film that like jazz with the editing the jazz yeah. editing which we'll get into with the other movie too uh-huh really cool and they didn't do it a lot in american fiction but there's a point where he's in an office waiting yeah he's checking his watch and like jazz music is playing yeah. and the editing goes with it it's yeah. real like makes you feel real anxious like uh-huh. there's so much in this movie sterling k brown is my favorite part of this movie because of how broken he is but then the way they give you the little seeds throughout, like they don't get right into it. The sister talks about him and the kids and yeah. the wife being separated. Then you, when you meet him, you find out. So like you, it's revealed. Oh, because he was a gay man, he was yeah. got caught in bed. Mm-hmm. Then you see his broken character just like partying and like when he says he take I took in a lover, do that scene. He has like blow on the stove. Yeah. It's just <laughs> such a wrecked person. Yeah. But like, and then there's the conversation too with like the brother being so like his life isn't fucked up, and the range that that we give people of color in movies like as far as the characters they're not oh, yeah. just the one dimensional person like getting to see it so it's a cool like uh-huh. tie-in they're the way their characters are developed and shown in the movie compared to what they're satiring about how white people see black people there's so much going on well there is and and i think what we were saying earlier what you were saying josh this film 
and Joe alluded to it, the way it ends does not give you a pat conclusion. Instead, yeah. it gives you different versions of how a story like this could end. Yeah. And kind of shows the double bind that the character or a, any character, any black creative, in this case, Cord Jefferson, but I guess, you know, his, his, uh, his stand in here with, uh, Thelonious. Yeah. That in order to tell stories about yourself and your community, your experience, your culture, you're going to reveal things about yourself, your community, your experience. And, to those audiences outside it, how they fetishize it, how yeah. they treat it. Yeah. Like, you have no control over that. I, I thought it was really brilliant the way that he kind of shows us, okay, I could play this out as this kind of, like, over-the-top tragic mm-hmm. ending where, you know, where they gun him down yeah. in, in this mistaken <laughs> identity situation where he's created this the persona. The producer which loved is, that which would be the ho- well, It would be the Hollywood ending. It feels, that that feels like the, the one where it's like, that they had. oh, yeah. Now, and it was, it was beautifully done. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> From the standpoint of this is exactly how, yeah, you know, yeah. Hollywood might want it to end. But then to see that contrasted with these more subtle kind of endings where it's not quite as satisfying necessarily, but it's more like, it, I don't know. I just thought that was brilliant mm-hmm. to kind of bring that. And then, you know, w- what it's about is what's going to get people to see this thing. How yeah. are we going to be able to get this yeah. thing made? And it's kind of, uh, I guess, a minor miracle that he got it made. I feel like yeah. w- the way that this film actually works. I liked the across the street neighbor that he develops oh, yeah. a relationship she was with. From, she was yeah. from Living Single. I like yeah. how yeah. the timeline here is telescoped, and you have to give it a little thought. How much time has gone by right. here? He gets he yeah. gets let go from the university right. or on sabbatical, yeah, and then moves down to the beach house that their family had, and then before you know it, I think months have gone by. Yeah, I mean, in order to get the book written, in order yeah. to get the book published, in yeah. order to get, yeah, it takes time. It to kind do of those floats things. through, but it's like it never, it never really points it out too much. It doesn't spend too much time, right? Like feeding that to you. Yeah, I mean, I was, I never thought about it like, oh, like as in, in a confused way. No, I liked how yeah. he meets the neighbor. Yeah, and I liked the power with that she had to ask him out. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. just let's just hang out and see. We're live across the street from each other. Let's see what happens. But then that sound, sound, seemed like a very natural progression. Then they get in a fight. Yeah. And it's the time when the character, Monk, yeah. demonstrates some internal stuff mm-hmm. to her for the very first time. He's always, you know, he, maybe he's resistant to doing the book, but he's not an angry person. Yeah. And then he gets angry and snaps at her. Yeah. And that, that behind the scenes way that we talk to our significant other yeah. that we wouldn't want the yeah. rest of the world to know about from time to time. Not yeah. me, but maybe you guys. But, but in general. <laughs> yeah, you might not. You might be. Oh, I, know, I never. never Close doors. I would never snap or raise my voice. But no, but you see this human well, moment. He, and she's yeah. like, you got to go. You yeah. got to get out of here. This yeah. is not right. But it's I, a I struggle know. with his integrity as an artist. Like that yeah. hit me so much because yeah. you have that conversation a lot like the selling out. He literally had to write the worst, like the thing he would never write in order to win that award. And yeah. Yeah. So I just wanted to mention before I, before I forget it, you had slightly touched on it, the Sterling K. Brown scene when he's dancing with his mom. Yeah. And how heart, like how I started crying oh, yeah. because he was having a moment with his mom. Yeah. yeah. And then she, she says what she says yeah. about him being gay and it completely turns into like a crushing sadness. Yeah. Moment. Like yeah. the, the dynamics of that, like, oh man, yeah. like. That's one of the most emotional scenes I've I've seen in a while. Yeah, like, and it doesn't shy away from leaving you feel like I mean that doesn't get yeah. settled. That's yeah. that's yeah, that yeah, is yeah, a yeah. a wound that's like gonna be there. Yeah. yeah, I was considering the title American Fiction, and if you consider everything I talked about earlier, what's presented in the trailer that this is a satirization of 
educated authors having to dumb down their product to make it popular for educated readers. That's the interesting that's part thing. of it. Yeah. But, that, but that's, it's, I think, and I don't want to stay on it too much, but I think it's real pointed at a certain audience, educated white people who like to feel bad for minorities so that reading these, this article and celebrating the art as, is a way to connect with is it. a way to like men some kind of yeah white guilt yeah white guilt yeah that's what it's really about because if you look at the oscars too like that whole thing i mentioned like the whole white guilt oscar movies like and i I think what i like about the film like this is yeah we know about white guilt yeah and we need to keep talking about it because it's a it's a dynamic at play but also you get to see the ramifications for an african-american creative a black creative where he i think at least as i take it Thelonious, is like on guard so much about writing about black experience he excludes black experience from his novels in part because he doesn't want to be tagged that way you know what i mean like so he's almost being as false with what he does but not because you know he hates black experience but because he feels like he's going to be pigeonholed because that's what white culture you know dominant white culture does so it shows it's a reaction to the way the industry works yeah Yeah. and just when he when he's in the store and they have it under black history or or like yes right why is my stuff nothing to do with this yes yes. right well you're (laughs) african-american it's not He's like carrying the books to move them, but those moments were yeah. just so fucking hilarious. This is, like, Cord Jefferson is kind of a phenomenon. I mean, to come out with a film like this is your first film. Yeah. I know he's been right. Like again, he's written for Succession. He's written for Watchmen. He's got some great stuff under his yeah. belt. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that he comes out of nowhere exactly. Yeah. This is his first. This yeah. is my project situation. Yeah. And if he's going to do something this big, I mean, that he set the bar high for himself. But the notion of the title, he's writing a work of fiction. Yeah. The fiction is a fiction. Yeah. And that's kind of good enough for the title. But I believe that this title is working on a greater level than that when you consider that it's not just his story, but because we're moving into with his family, around his mm-hmm. family, it's becoming the story of his entire family. Yeah. It's becoming the story of the girl he begins dating mm-hmm. across the street. The fiction of, I am this person, but mm-hmm. I could speak to you this way, which turns mm-hmm. you off. That is a fiction. You have to live a closeted life mm-hmm. in order to get your mother's approval. That yeah. is a fiction. Mm-hmm. I haven't put it all together yet, but yeah. it's telling, David, you said it, it's telling a story much greater than anything that you're seeing in the trailer here yeah my five for the bammies my top five are locked and now it's just picking up these films that we haven't seen yet i think this is gonna rattle everything up i don't want to say too much but i think i think we're still getting that tail end of 2023 finally Uh being able to see it some fantastic works and that this was nominated for best picture makes me happy because even if people more people see it probably can't or won't win but even if more people see it because of that exposure i'm happy about that too yeah when it got the noms it did i i knew that okay something's going on here i'm glad Mm -hmm. to see that this isn't just the next green book (laughs) you know what i mean like you know there's very good point you know who who knows but, but like there is that moment where it's like is this going to be one of those films about race i don't think no, anybody's no. going to accuse it of that i think it's way too smart for that it's commentating on that movie i think in, in its own way like, i think it is yeah You're right and i'm kind of happy to see all of these i guess quote-unquote smaller movies compared to like oppenheimer or barbie <laughs> or, or like the big studio yeah. but don't get me wrong like i love a good like blockbuster movie or a good oh yeah you know movie. hey you, we the movie that I've heard you talking about the most recently has been Godzilla. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, dude. Yeah. That's an minus incredible zero? movie. Yeah. Yeah. Minus yeah. one. I don't, yeah. why, where did yeah. minus zero come into our vernacular? <laughs> I think I said it I say first. it. You I'm say sorry. it. Regardless. Godzilla it, might... 
Yeah, minus, Godzilla minus one yeah, in black amazing. and white. Did you get the no, chance? No, I didn't get to go okay. see it. I need yeah. to. But I kind of enjoyed watching these more like dr- drama movies, more yeah. smaller, it, just human movies. Like I'm still gonna watch the other ones. I just don't have the time. You know what yeah, I mean? Like yeah. Killer's Flower Moon was the challenge to go for the theater because Laura was at the home with the kids and stuff. Oh, yeah, but three and a half hours. Yeah, is it? yeah, yeah, yeah. No, this one was so great. It's probably I'd put it up in my top three of. Of the movies, of the ones the you've seen. yeah, yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Yeah, we'll be determining soon, but I mean, I, I think this was a huge success for all of us. A great movie um, that I highly recommend. Definitely mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. check this one out, and I know it's going to be streaming soon. I think it's going to be available on, you know, at least for rental pretty quickly here. Yeah. So even if it's not at the theater near you, you can see it. I don't know if you're going to be able to get your hands on this sucker punch though, because you know this is three nations. They do get distribution throughout Texas. I don't know how much outside the state they get, so I'll apologize to those listening. From afar. I'm enjoying this beer. This is interesting. I'm, you know, summertime is kind mm-hmm. of a time for Berliners and these lighter sour beers. I haven't been drinking a whole lot lately. If anything, Joe, you mentioned feeling like maybe this has been sitting in the can for a little while. Maybe it has. I feel like it's a little undercarbonated. Yeah. Yeah. I would like it to have been a little bit sort of bubblier, but the flavor is actually pretty good. It's yeah. not over the top sweet. No. But I don't it's, know. What it's it, kind of subtle. It's yeah. I'm, I'm curious if it's more fresh. If it's if it's a little bit more tart. Yeah. They sold it as like or I think Joe may have said too. They sold it as like a super tart, like sour gummy. It's a very pear. light, light. Yeah, but yeah. it's delicious. I don't need it to be like punching Punch, my taste, yeah. but it's the oh, whole time. It's calling yeah. itself soccer. Punch. Yeah. <laughs> Back in October 22nd, Three Nations had a tap event at their uh, okay. place with nine Sucker Punch variants. Whoa. Sour Cherry, this one, Goldberry, Margarita, Blue mm-hmm. Raspberry, Tiger's Blood, I could go on and on. Uh, they also had a watermelon in a can. I think I'd like to try this in a different flavor. <laughs> I yeah. think I'd like to try it closer to October 22nd. Yeah. Because you're right on the carbonation. And this Goldberry... Have I? Have you ever had a Goldberry prior well, to now? Well, saying it's pineapple gummy mm-hmm. that is what they're trying to go for. I don't know what Goldberry okay, is. Okay, well, whatever yeah, that is yeah. or whatever they're trying to do here, the variant flavor is mm-hmm. my problem with this beer. Yeah. The Berliner Weiss, I don't mind, and the sour like this, it was very easy to drink, yeah. even in, even in yeah. spite of that flavor thing, but... Uh, I'd like to try this in a different flavor. Yeah, I I don't know. I I don't mind the, the f- nose of that flavor too. I think is really what's really bothering me. Interesting. Yeah, it it doesn't put me off. I I think I'm okay with the flavor. I think I just want a little bit bubblier. I, I hear what Josh is saying. It could be even a little more tart. And I feel like if we were having this fresher, yeah, it, it probably would it right. have those qualities. So I'll put it uh, like you did, Joe. It would be nice someday to, to make it to Three Nations and be there for one of these events when they have maybe a bunch of flavors of the Sucker Punch to try them out side by side when they're nice and fresh. Lemon meringue, dill pickle. Ooh, what? Dill pickle? Lemon meringue. I don't, meringue. That. I don't That's awesome. That. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't like the pickle beers I that much. I thought we were over the pickle. <laughs> did y'all do one? We've done we've, we've several. Done <laughs> yeah, in fact, we had that uh, Texas Pickle Beer Challenge yeah. where we did the best made against uh, yeah. New Braunfels Brewing. I've seen, I've seen my buddy Chad Fetty shotgun a pickle beer. I was, the, I was like, dude, you're, you're ridiculous. <laughs> he must have just uh, run, a, run a long race and needed the electrolytes. <laughs> well... Guys, we, we had, uh, I had a blast talking yeah. about uh, a film that I, I'm really excited for people to go check out if they haven't already. In the second half, we're going to be talking about another relatively recent release that's gotten similar kinds of awards buzz and, and especially around performance. And we even have some overlapping casts. So we can talk about that and, and other ways that these films may or may not connect when we get back from the break.
in a world. <laughs> in where a guys world. have watched a couple movies. Where ingenious brewing no longer exists. We keep getting our hands on more and more of it. <laughs> David, this is interesting. Josh, I was at the big grocery store in town mm-hmm. that has a very decent beer selection. And over the last two weeks, I've gotten... Two different sets of four packs from Ingenious that are just in the distribution line yeah. for this grocery store chain. And uh, I posted pictures of them into our local Facebook beer group to say, there's two four packs and hurry up and get them. And I bet that people did. Mm. So I picked this up really last week. After all that Ingenious talk of the brewery closing, I was able to pick up at the store four can of Imperial King Cake from Ingenious Brewing. No longer with us, but they were out of Humble, Texas. It's a 10% ABV. And what we're looking at is an Imperial Milk Stout conditioned on vanilla beans, cinnamon sticks, and cream cheese. How about that, Ingenious? Let's see how much that cream cheese comes through. Of course, all components of a king cake, which is a... uh, uh, an item that is used often to celebrate Mardi Gras, right? And mm-hmm. that's uh, yeah. Fat Tuesday is going to be coming up before our next episode mm-hmm. drops, so seasonally appropriate. And also the uh, King reference here being very much uh, one that we can connect to our film in the second half of the episode. Is uh, cinnamon stick? Yeah. I smell cinnamon stick. You're getting stick. cinnamon in mm-hmm. there? All right. I haven't poured mine yet. Real dark. Yeah, this is looks like a can of motor oil with a nice... <laughs> You know, this is the sweetest, most like like hefty in that that sweet flavor beer I've had in a while. Just, yeah. yeah, yeah, in a good yeah, while. King for sure. has a, Ooh, yeah, King cake has a yeah that yeah. nose right right off the bat. I'm like a, a king cake is a typically mm. in a ring shape, right? Yeah. It's got the and there's frosting. A baby they hide the baby. I found the baby in the last Mardi Gras. There's party a tiny little baby doll <laughs> cooked into the cake, yeah. and if you get yeah. the slice with the baby in it, you're supposed to, I think, host next year's Mardi Gras party. Yeah, is that right? It, but it also only, brings luck with it or something. right? Yeah, I don't I don't remember it that well. I've only been to like one Mardi Gras. The baby symbolizes luck and prosperity to whoever finds it. And they are also responsible for purchasing we next week's cake or hosting the next yeah. Mardi Gras party. That's kind of fun. That McCann been, has the baby. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah. That might have been why we had babies, because I think we went to that party. <laughs> I found the baby, and I was all, oh, yeah. there you and go. And then we had babies. That's how it works. Well, as decadent as this beer <laughs> smells, let's lean into the king, because we are going to do Rustin, a film, David, that you really kind of put up my list because you were super excited to see uh, Coleman Domingo's performance yeah. as Rustin, and he's, of course, nominated for the Academy Award for this. Yeah. I learned a lot from this movie, things I didn't know. The film tells the story of the charismatic gay civil rights activist Bayard Rustin. Despite incredible odds, he managed to organize the March on Washington in 1963, where Martin Luther King famously gave his I Have a Dream speech, where 200,000 people gathered in front of the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C., But getting to that event proved to be a political, you know, weaving web uh, as Rustin, a good friend of Martin Luther King, and their friendship kind of hits the skids at the beginning of the film. Right. So now he's off a little bit of a roving, I still want to be involved guy, but the NAACP doesn't really want much to do with him. He's got, it turns out, we find out in the film, a... Charge uh, against him for like a yes. uh, homosexual encounter that he was yeah. caught in in yeah. a car. It's a surprisingly moving film and a wonderful history lesson. David, you were looking forward to seeing this one a lot. What, what did what did you think? Well, I like Coleman Domingo a lot. Yeah. Like he he's he's a guy who whenever he shows up in just about anything. I get kind of excited because he just has such a commanding kind of presence. Yeah, he can. does. You know, like 
Um, we've seen some of his films here for the podcast, right? If Beale Street Could Talk, uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Uh, we've I, both seen The Color Purple, but we haven't discussed it right, on the show or After Hours. That's true. And he was one of the best parts of that one, I'm too. not going to disagree with you. And so I'm always excited whenever he shows up in something. Now, I, I will fully admit I knew very little of the history of Bayard Rustin, the civil yeah. rights leader who who he is depicting here. But the idea that he was doing a film about a civil rights leader yeah. that has been somewhat forgotten, not forgotten or at least discarded. I feel like yeah. that, that might be, as far as from yeah. my viewpoint, might be the well, best way. And you see why. And, yeah. and that's yeah. so, so to me, like the, the fact that this is also a film that I think does some of that kind of corrective work that we're seeing, like a film like Killers of the Flower Moon do, where it's taking like this episode of history that we should all know, yeah. but we don't, and putting it out there for audiences. I think this film is doing kind of a similar work here and with similarly elevated acting work. First of all, Coleman Domingo was in Candyman also. Oh, that's yes. right. That's right. Yeah. He was amazing in that movie. It showed range of like of a dramatic actor doing horror and it not being cheesy. Like that's he right. was fantastic in Candyman. And yet I didn't know anything about this person it's based on, which is probably the one of the big points of making the movie. So that it was hard enough for like somebody like Martin Luther King to be told his history in the best truthful way. So considering a black activist at the time being and a homosexual, like yeah. that whole dynamic of it was very like, there's well, a reason the, I didn't know about the him. tension within the community. Like Joe yeah. was saying, like the table is set here with this rift within the community where you have these leaders who are all working towards the same goal. Yeah. But because of these internal divisions and because this man, and you and, can, and because of wanting to be the organization that gets it done, it's almost like competition in for, some for sense. Point. But also, like you know, what are we willing to align ourselves with? You know what I right. mean? Like we're we're homosexuality. Right. This struggles hard enough. Do this we... thing that that commute again. Not all those who were fighting for civil rights necessarily thought that those who were homosexual were deserving of such right. You know what I mean? Like there was still bias within the community and also stay in your lane yeah. man the civil rights is hard enough if we throw gay in there too these whites that die, they're, they're really <laughs> let, gonna let alone revolt. women and this film gets yeah, into yeah, all yeah. of you know like yeah. i mean it this obviously Subtle, subtly though yes it's no, not, yeah. nothing is being banged over your head yeah i agree i agree very well done yeah, they, they make it a story, again, like what we were talking about with American fiction. They make it a story about human characters mm -hmm. with real relationships here. They drive the story. It's not like a history lesson yeah. of a story. Yeah. I think it does that really well, and it does that because it has such great – I mean, the cast here, like American fiction, huge, heavy-hitting cast. I mean, Coleman Domingo really is – you know, and he's the heart of this film. He, he does incredible work here. But – we have Chris Rock showing up as Roy mm -hmm, Wilkins mm -hmm. from the NAACP. He does a fantastic job. We have uh, Jeffrey Wright. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Our, our direct connection yeah. here to American playing, fiction. I guess playing like the closest thing to like, not a villain, but like an opposing <laughs> right, force the, for, for the main character. Yeah, yeah re a representative yeah. who is, uh, you know, <laughs> sympathetic. I mean, he's a black man. He's sympathetic yeah. to the cause, but wants them to do it in a more measured way yeah. that he can, you know, he he's the voice of the establishment, kind of like, hey, we need to uh, not ask for too much too quickly. Yeah. You know, from top to bottom, such great performances. And you can see these things being like hashed out in the moment, you know, when he gets together with those young activists yeah. and gets them energized and when they come up with the idea for the march and, and all that. And then you see them have to go through the whittling down of that initial vision yeah. that's such a you know anybody who's even been 
slightly involved in any kind of political cause or whatever, you know that that's like the trajectory that you go on is like that, you know, do you get so disillusioned that you just peel off or are you able to hang with it? And oftentimes it comes down to is the leader charismatic enough? And, you know, Mm -hmm. again, Rustin, he had a charisma to himself. Mm -hmm. King certainly had a great charisma. So it's amazing. It's fun. But but also, David, who do we want to give credit for successes? Right, Right. The film also shows an earlier time in black and white. When after, I'm assuming, Rosa Parks, there must have been black supporters of her and the cause that would sit on the wrong side of the bus or the wrong part of the bus on purpose to further. And this happens with him. And he's, you know, the film shows him saying, I'm not resisting. I'm agreeing with everything. I'm not fighting you. But the police continue to beat the shit out of him. Yeah. Yeah. What he says, though, I think he says somebody tells him to just move. And he says, if I do that. And that child's not going to see – she's not going to see an injustice. Mm-hmm. And that was so powerful. I got yeah. chills just right now. Yeah. Like addressing it in that matter is not just recreating this known thing that happened. As Like you were saying, the, the, the movement that Rosa Parks started or yeah. like everybody yeah. supporting like him giving you the the reasoning behind that. Like that was so powerful and they show the kid – so that the next generation knows that this Why is not how you Why did they beat that man up, mommy? Yeah. And now she yeah. has to lie or answer the question. But she just so that she can see how ugly the world is that she lives in. Like, I don't know. That yeah. was amazing and powerful. Well, that episode in real life cracked and removed several of his teeth. Yeah. Yeah. And in the film, Coleman Domingo plays it without teeth. Yeah. And it turns out that they tried several things. They tried to put green, what is it, a green paint what? Uh-huh. on his teeth okay. to CGI it out, but yeah. the other actors were having trouble. It was so distracting. Uh-huh. And then they uh, eventually yeah, removed it with CGI. And Coleman Domingo in an interview said, when I saw the movie for the first time, you can see my tongue in the hole yeah. where it would be. Yeah. And I, I, I was That's amazed. Wild. It was so striking. He, it was, he yeah. wanted to wear his teeth that way for yeah. the rest of his life. He could have gotten them fixed, but didn't on purpose. So that a, if anyone asked, show. he could yeah. say, oh, yeah. This is a representation of the struggle. That little touch. Yeah. Coleman Domingo, who you know I, I knew of, he's up there, man. This guy delivers a amazing performance. Yeah, it's deserving of all the accolades. No doubt. I don't know what the odds are. You're you're more of a gold derby guy than I am, but okay, I, ha- now, I have to believe as more and more people are seeing this film, he is going up in the uh, standings, at least in terms of w- would he win the Oscar for this? Because I could definitely see the Oscar going. And it's for, for it's for main, like it's for main actor? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, correct. Because yeah. I was curious if for Bill Street, if he got like supporting actor, because he was amazing. If he even got he a nomination. Was, but I don't know. I don't think he got nominated for that. No. And I'm he, not 100%. If you look at it through like their catalog, like he's been giving performances yeah. like that, knock it out of the park. So I could see, I could definitely see that happening. I have written down quote unquote gold derby guy for after hours. <laughs> <laughs> I take great offense to that. However, I did go over there to, just just now to see what the odds are. And yeah. Paul Giamatti is odds favorite currently to I, win best. Actor. I understand. Okay. Coleman Domingo is in fifth place. Oh, really? Tied wow. with the bottom three. It looks like it's a, a Bradley Cooper, Jeffrey Wright, and Coleman Domingo. It looks like it's going to be a race here in these last few weeks between Paul Giamatti and uh, Cillian Murphy, who won the Golden Globe, I think. Wait, no, no, no. Paul Giamatti won the Golden Globe. They both did because they give them for, right? Yes. There's Com- dramatic comedy. and yeah, comedic. Yeah, you're right. So, so yeah. th- there's the race right there. Yeah. And the other three no, guys are going to be left No, and I'm sure that us. is. It's just. And Bradley it, Cooper, great both performance. Both of these films that we've looked at this week, I think, have lead performances that are deserving of all this. And these are two guys. Like, I mean, honestly, 
I love Coleman Domingo, but I've loved Jeffrey Wright longer. Because <laughs> he's right. been, I mean, I remember him yeah. in Basquiat. I, yeah, I remember yeah. him in movies since the 90s. He's fantastic in Westworld on HBO. Broken Flowers. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, I mean, there's just so many. He's fantastic here or in Rustin in yes, a small yeah. supporting yeah. actor role. No, he, I mean, both of these guys are like towering uh, figures in acting yeah. in my mind. So like that they're in the conversation. What a year we've had in terms of performances. So between the time that he and Martin Luther King have a falling out, Mm -hmm. and then the planning for this event begins in earnest, it is told to him, you've got to get MLK back on your side in order for this to work. Right. About that time, the press release of his previous homosexual charge against him, and he and Martin Luther King have a Mm one-on-one where it talks about, we are here for rights. So are you going to parse the two differently? And then there's a scene yeah. where MLK is on a television interview, yeah. and he says out loud, "Rustin is the shit." You know, he didn't, yeah. he didn't say that on TV, but Rustin is the perfect man for this, and he begins crying because he's watching it on television yeah. with his entire yeah. staff. Yeah, and yeah. That, that was the most moving scene for me. This king among men who mm. is accepting me publicly, accepting me. Yeah. Publicly, and I thought that well, was after, so after emotional. he had denied him, sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah, he's yeah. yeah. He I mean he's putting his his reputation on the line mm-hmm. by like approving him. Yeah, as as a as a gay black man. Like yeah, I mean activist. I don't know how, how many times it, did yeah. you cry during Rustin? <laughs> oh, like three times. Okay, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Seven different crying sessions from this episode. Yeah, yeah. you're welcome. Yeah. yeah, I mean these are these are human dramas. This yeah. is like like when we sit down to watch these kind of films, like you know that you're kind of setting yourself up for that kind of emotional roller coaster if if you're going to go on it because yeah. mm-hmm. these are dark it, as much as there's there's light to be drawn from them and there's there's wonderful uplift in these stories. You know, this one ripped from history is a dark story because there's lots of tragedy that exists within it you know super powerful i just wanted to comment the similarities in the two movies on uh the editing and like so yeah, rustin yeah. definitely has a lot of the jazz like fast movie bramford like, marsalis uh did the wow. score who i'm i'm not necessarily like a devotee of hit but mm-hmm. he, i think I, I listen, in terms of what he him. did here i think perfect for the film yeah yeah Amer- american fiction there's that scene i was talking about that yeah. has like the editing to the jazz music this whole movie kind of had that vibe Loved and, like it. the opening yeah. scene of of going back between the ncaap and and rustin and yeah. martin luther king like with the jazz music that was such a great yeah there's start. an energy to it gave it. you a lot of a lot of what they needed to set you up but with yeah the energy and it didn't seem yeah. like it, it was slow or anything like that like yeah fantastic editing just on a technical standpoint agreed like, you know i entered this viewing here at home, it's on Netflix. That's where it was released. With low expectations, I thought this was going to be a homework movie. I thought that I was going to see a great performance based on the Academy Award nomination. But I'm going to be watching homework. That's not what this movie is at all. It, it, this movie is, is is wonderful. But David, I do have one exception with your... Okay. Chris Rock can't act. You don't think he's good He in this? can't act save being in animated films. Mm-hmm. He's great as the zebra, right, in uh, Madagascar. <laughs> but we did Spiral back on episode 143. Uh, I think I said the same thing. And here he is in over his head. Th- he is in over. They, they've grayed his hair. They've grayed yeah. his mustache. But it's Chris it's Rock slap, talking. Right? It's the slap. You can't get past the slap. No, you, know what? <laughs> you know what? Josh, you may be honest. Right? He was emasculated in front of everyone. No, he, he's not a strong actor. He's a fan fantastic comedian I, and, and I, I think he's out of his lane here i don't think he has huge range but i think when his delivery 
works for a character, I think I'm there with it. And imagine and I thought, Ernie I felt Hudson like in the role. Imagine, no, you know, I, I'm not saying that there aren't a other stronger actor in that role. I, here, for me, I don't know the Roy Wilkins character well enough to feel like he did a disservice to it. So my assumption is he's close enough in terms of how he presents himself that it's fine. It's distracting. It may be for the first, for the first few minutes, I was like, Oh, that's Chris Rock. And then it slowly just, that went away from me. Cause I think I, I I think I I didn't have that. I wish I had. That's fair. I mean, I, I get it. And it's definitely, I will totally go there that this is a Chris Rock performance. There's nothing he's doing to hide his Chris Rockness here. I was just willing to go with it. But he's, he's not- also in Fargo, and he was amazing in Fargo. <laughs> I don't know. Do y'all watch Fargo? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know David So he did. can do it, and he can. I think he can. He can slide by. But but uh-huh. watch Rustin. It's on Netflix tonight. <laughs> this is a fantastic movie that is very 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 layered, yeah. with many 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 things being talked about. It's not just a how they did the the march. Yeah. Although I love that part too. The logistics of it. The logistics of it. No cell phones. No internet. He put it together in, what, eight weeks or something like that. Just telephones, long distance charges on the telephones. You know, every once in a while in the war room of their Mm -hmm. strategy location. We got another bus, and that meant everything to them. We got. We have enough. We had, we found the porta potties, and that meant everything yeah. to them. Yeah, it's it's a w- one of those under realized yeah. stories in history that again I'm as guilty of any as anybody of being unaware of. Thank goodness this film was made. Let's hope that more and more people see it. I think that this is an important addition to that civil rights matrix that yeah. you know we yeah. we all like we all know King's name and we should. Mm-hmm. But we should know Rustin's name, and 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 this is a film that I think is going to help us to make sure that that does happen. I enjoyed it. Huge movie, and it delivers. It doesn't. I thought maybe at the beginning it might have had that biopic, yeah, cut and paste. But it doesn't. But feel it doesn't. Like, at all. I like that it never feels like it gets bogged down with like having to somehow explain the man yeah. perfectly yeah, to yeah, us. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's. I think it was comfortable enough in like giving us these pieces of yeah. what his life was like without trying to explain somebody. In a pat way. Yeah, I think both movies, too, kind of touch on, in American Fiction with, like, Sterling K. Brown's character also, like, touch on the not being perfect characters, not being these, like, just these amazing, perfect, like, no trouble, no inner struggle. The way Rustin's trying to figure out how to navigate in the world of black activism with being a gay man. Yeah. Your characters that can be flawed, but also still very impactful to history. Like, well done. Well done. I will say, because we did... Also see, this is George C. Wolfe um, is the director, and we had also done Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, which he did that at the time, we had, know fe- that. we had felt was a little too chained to the stage, that that, it, that it had not done enough to like escape the, the sort of uh, beginnings Back- it had as a play. It's episode 122. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This wasn't for the stage originally, mm-hmm. so it doesn't have that, but this felt like a cinematic film in a way that no that doubt. other film did. So it was, it was great to see Wolfe kind of do something that felt very different to me. I am going to be looking for the next film from both of these directors. Mm-hmm. And that's I, that's always my favorite part of Beer in a Movie, yeah. is finding a director who I'm looking forward to yeah. seeing their next piece of art. Yeah. Now, if this beer is in our grocery store, then I imagine a lot of people in the South, Texas and Louisiana, are able to find it. Because I, I can tell 
that they set this aside for a Mardi Gras time yeah. release. That right. makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm dying to know, and Josh, I'm so happy you got to enjoy one of these ingeniouses. Oh, but but David, in this little journey we've been on recently yeah. with these last ingeniouses, is this holding up for you as much as those that have, have been a grand slam of deliciousness? I mean, I think ultimately, yes. It, it's it's very hard. You know, I, I feel like now I'm, I'm such a... Uh, and and now that they're leaving, like how could I think anything? I, I'm I'm an ingenious fanboy, and so my, my comments should be taken uh, with that caveat. W- with that caveat, exactly. But with that said, I think they're doing a great job. Now, is this my favorite of their beers? No, because I'm not I'm not really the pastry stout guy. That's not the beers I gravitate towards. But is this a fine interpretation of the pastry stout? Absolutely. I think the king cake thing throws me off only slightly in the sense that, you know, king cake isn't chocolatey, right? And I think with the stout, I I get the chocolate. I'm getting the cinnamon in there, but I don't come away tasting this and thinking, oh, king cake. Now they're telling me it's king cake. And I don't know the cream cheese. Maybe oh, that hit really. I you're really, getting that hit really you're getting well that? for me. Yeah, so yeah. Y- y- do you feel like this has enough king cake character? Yeah, that you- yeah. Because yeah, because right. I mean I've had it a few times. Like I said, uh, we we're just talking about Marky. You've had this beer a few times. No, 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 no. King cake, king cake. King cake. Uh- <laughs> I know king cake. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you, as a as a man, y'all know beer. I know king cake. I know cake in general, Joe. I'm a big man. When does cake in a movie start? <laughs> and, 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 when, and when can I be a guest? Oh, I want cake that's actually movie. fantastic because if you do Marie Antoinette, you can go crazy with <laughs> yeah. it. Uh, no, perfect I, to me. To me, the over sweetness, the it's like a burst in your mouth. I like it so much. I can only drink one at, like in a night. I'm sure, oh, but mm-hmm. it's so yeah. so sweet and so like, but not in like a an annoying way for me. But uh, I get yeah. all the flavors. You're right about chocolate. I don't remember chocolate being a big thing yeah. in king no. cake, but I love like the chocolate stout. And all yeah, that, so. yeah, no, it's it's a tasty beer. I just and I just question whether or not it's, it's really... fucking strong. Yeah, I'm feeling this. <laughs> I, 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 I'm feeling this, and I'm enjoying you, it. You don't think it's just like the the great films that have overwhelmed you oh, with their powerful? You think I'm just basting in an I, art studio? Yeah, no, I, I think you're like elevated by the quality I, of the material. <laughs> I think I'm tipsy. I think it's the exclusivity too. I think Joe's told me like three times you should be lucky you're drinking this. I'm letting. You. I didn't say that. Hold, okay. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm joking. I'm gonna let it go. You motherfucker. You're we're, real. Lucky. By the way, we're not. I let you in my home, and I'm letting you have my king cake beer. I told you we shouldn't have given it to Josh. Now listen, we're not done drinking. Wait till you see what I got for after hours. You are going to. We're gonna have so much. So you fun. can explain to Laura why I'm not home. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm gonna get you home on time. No, no. Right? I think I'm going to get you home uh, you on time. You got a couch, right? We're good. Yeah. We're good. I do have a couch. and I've, Yeah. Okay. You're welcome to stay here anytime you need to. Uh, let's get back on track. Uh, this beer... I, <laughs> this this beer has really done a number on us, I think. I think, that's, I think this David, is why y'all invite me so few times, because I'm so... Old. No, 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 no. No, we'll talk about no, that. I'm just joking. I'm joking. I'm sorry. Why is Josh Jelly on here? We'll talk about that. Okay. <laughs> this is my least favorite of this run of ingeniuses that we've okay. done recently. Okay. There is a flavor mishap here. Huh. I don't know if it's a brain not tasting king cake or if it's just that these ingredients together aren't giving me yeah. the best experience that I could have. But what you can tell, and here's where the ingenious fanboy comes in, is it's a well-made beer. Mm. It's just a misfire on the 
blend of variants, I think. Yeah. But if you see it in your grocery store, grab it because there's not a lot out there yeah. for this brand that we that we like so much. Ingenious, we aren't quite done with you yet. No, we got I a few know, more. I know, in the, I know we have a couple cellar. others. Um, and and I'm I'm agreeing with you, Joe, in that this would not certainly be us leaving them on a high point. This this is not the best of the run that we've had. But it's certainly nothing to be embarrassed about. No, not, yeah. not at all. Not at all. If you want to be embarrassed, <laughs> call, then all you got to do is follow us on all the social media stuff. Like, you can tell your friends, like, yeah, I know, it's those guys, but <laughs> I, I don't mind it because they give us me insightful film and beer knowledge every week. So I'm talking Facebook and Instagram and X. Let's stop saying X, David, or let's start doing X because <laughs> I don't Man, do Joe, anything. We don't do anything you, on you X. You say X, you don't say Twitter anymore. Yeah, you sold out, bro. Is that right? You sold out, bro. You're you're buying into Elon's. Yeah. Uh, I'm just calling it the name that it is. I know. I That's know. all. But I, I still search at Twitter and it changes to the X. <laughs> oh wow! And we also have our own website, beerandamoviepodcast.com, where you can go buy some merch items that we have, and you can see some collected. Assemblies of films and you should have a Josh section. All my, all my <laughs> That's episodes right. We, we need over my on the uh, on the website. On, on the, the website, website. Yeah. Josh's corner. Yeah. Josh's yeah. corner. Yeah, where you can hear all of his movies that will make you barf. You include the link <laughs> to my GeoCities. <laughs> uh, but we also are over there on Discord. Uh, yes. Beer in a movie. The conversation continues. Is what you could search, yeah. or you could just ask us on any of the aforementioned ways to get in touch yeah. with us to look for an invite, and we'll get you an invite for that Discord. But then don't forget after hours. We've talked about it a few times. That's where Josh, David, and I are going to talk for a good thirty, forty-five minutes, maybe an hour. Who knows? Who knows about everything else, including? I'm going to ask Josh, as a parent of a newborn into the toddler age, mm -hmm. how are you balancing the parenting and the media that you need to consume? <laughs> Crying at movies. I saw a few things. I'm sure yeah. you guys saw a few things. We're going to talk about all of that. Yes. Wow. I'm excited. When, when do you put cream cheese in the <laughs> beer I making think, process? I have to think it's after you mash in. Yeah, you don't yeah, mash in with no, cream cheese. I don't think so. Yeah, that's a late addition. Okay. I can think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, listen, you have listened to another powerful end of 2023 episode of Beer in the Movie. Until next time. Geniuses are loners because they can't connect with the rest of us. Mm -hmm.